Welcome to Your Life Now Radio Show, where your life matters. Your host, Coach Rhea, is a certified professional life coach with a passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Radio Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you live your best life ever. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Today is a very emotional day for many people. Today is the anniversary of the tragic event of 9-11, an event that shook our world. I have a very special guest for you today, a very special show that is dedicated to all the survivors and all the people that have lost their lives in that tragic day of 9-11. We're going to start by taking a minute of silence to pay our respect to those who lost their lives. Thank you. My guest today is a survival of the 9-11 tragedy. She's an amazing woman who chose to move forward in spite of the tragic events in her life. She is full of positive energy and her mission is to radiate this energy to empower others and to be a true inspiration. Since the tragic event, Michelle had dedicated her life to share her message of hope and strength with the world. She wants to show you how to overcome any type of adversity, no matter how big or small. Michelle herself had overcome many adversities, but had continued to move forward with positive energy and radiance that empowers others. She has chosen not to focus on the negative events of the past, especially the 9-11 tragic events. Rather, she chose to be an inspiration to those who can benefit from her message. Her selfless acts have not only inspired thousands of people around the world, but have led to her co-author book, Pursuing Your Destiny. Being on a permanent display in the 9-11 Memorial Museum, set to be opened this year in 2013, Michelle's message of empowerment has been featured on CNN, NBC, Nightly News, BBC, and Fox. It really is my pleasure to have her. Please help me welcome my guest. Thank you so much for being here, Michelle. Welcome. Thank you so much, Ria, for having me on your show today. 
it's really an honor. I mean, it's, your story is very touching, and 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 the uh, the event has been really um, heartfelt by many people. And obviously, I live out here on the East Coast, so it's you know it's something that I can definitely uh, um, feel your the pain that you had gone through. But you have come a long, long way, and you have helped to inspire so many people. And I'm really grateful to have you on the show. Thank you again. Thank you. Um, you know, the event of 9-11 obviously had been a tragic event that touched a lot of lives. But can you give us a little, you know, little sense of what really happened and how did you become and transform from that event? Well, even, even before the day of September 11th, I had been living in New York City and I had a financial background in um, on Wall Street, and the journey actually took me to working as an investment associate for a company called Fiduciary Trust on the 95th floor of the World Trade Center. I didn't feel that my life was fulfilled. I mean, obviously, at all times in our lives, our lives are fulfilled in one aspect or another, but there was a part of me that looked for something deeper, and for on that day, September 11th, when I was in my office, my world had changed, and I saw, well, I felt the shadow and the energy from the first plane as it crashed into Tower 1 while I was in the upper floors of Tower 2. Miraculously, my coworker uh, was able to pull me into one of the last elevators that brought me into the lobby before the second plane hit the second, the upper floors of Tower 2. And the day actually didn't just change my life, it changed the lives of my coworkers, my family, everybody who was around me, as well as people all over the world, because we as a nation are more than just a nation, we're a nation of one, and we all felt something that day, and mm-hmm. it was it was a day of tragedy, but it was also a day of rebirth for mm-hmm. many, because many people had to say to themselves, am I going to be able to go through this? And that was where the journey began, and that's when I started seeing, if I am alive, what would be my purpose? Is it my purpose? Yeah, my reason for living. And what would my reason for living be if I wasn't able to serve humanity in some sort of way? So I began to write, and one day I was asked to do a sales presentation for about 30 people for a business that we were running, and all of a sudden I found myself speaking calmly and I realized this is my message, this is my purpose. And since then, since 2003, I've been a professional speaker and like you, Rhea, you see how how people can inspire themselves mm-hmm. by doing what they want and what they choose to do in their lives. You had been in the financial uh, world, you know, obviously on Wall, you know, on Wall Street and, and you transformed completely. You do it something totally different. Is it because, I mean, what let me ask you this. Let me start with this because this is what I work with as a coach, obviously. What mm-hmm. such a belief did you have before 9-11? What kind of belief did you, did you have about life in general and how that changed later? So that's two-part two questions here. Okay. Well, I grew up in a household that believed in, um, in just going into a job, working in corporate America, and if you work hard, you'll make money. Mm. My father went. My father came to this country in 1969 with the dream of working in finance, and he he really made a, you know a name for himself. 
So I saw that, and at 19, when I told him that I was an artist and I'd like to go to an art college, and he, he actually said, no, you, you would be better in business. So, you know, you listen to your parents, and you say, okay, they, they know better. So that's how I thought, okay, if I can get a job on Wall Street, this would be my passion. And it was. I, I'm not saying at all that finance is still not a passion of mine. I love I love the stock market. I love the volatility of it. I love just, you know, watching stock. It's just it's always been my passion. But from a more creative standpoint, I always still had that, that piece of me that wanted to be an artist, to be a creative, um, to be, you know, an artist in a financial industry. So right before September 11th, I was in, you know, I was at my desk and I saw that there were people doing graphic design. And in 19, I'm sorry, in um, in 2000, right after my first year of fiduciary trust, I transferred to the marketing department. And after that, I started realizing that you know, my passion cannot just be one thing; it could be spread out into mm-hmm. other different different desires that I that I had. And but. You're right. The whole the, the whole speaking aspect, the professional speaking, that is completely different than anything else I've ever done. Um, I I almost failed a class in uh, oral communications because I, just, be, yeah, I was I too afraid. <laughs> I was too afraid to be able to speak to anybody, and just I, I think I think because I just pushed myself. I, I said to myself, I cannot serve. I cannot be alive unless. Not if I didn't know my passion, but if I felt something inside me that needed to be heard, I, I was not going to let that opportunity pass me by anymore. That's great. I mean, what I understand from you, your old beliefs were based on what you know you were, you grew up. You have to work hard to be successful, but also if we follow your passion, I mean, the combination, you know, you still got to do the work, you know, there is no, you know, mm-hmm. laziness in the, in, in the sense of like, oh, you can, everything comes to you. You got to follow your passion, but you got to work at it. So there is the work involved in here. But obviously our mentality, I come from the same, you know, background yourself, you know, I, I, my passion was like design and interior design and, and fashion and clothing and everything. And I ended up going to business school and getting my master in, in business because I was told by my father and, you know, that's the way how you become successful. But then, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm following my passion. I hope you do it all that I'm following my passion and, and help inspiring other people. But now you you become more content with yourself because your beliefs are your own, not been, you know, you're not using the same beliefs that you had before. Is that correct? Is that my that is absolutely correct. Um, I think when I realized that no one, not my mother, not my father, not anybody, not any of my friends, nobody really can speak my truth because my there, there's a Buddhist saying that says, rest your head on your shoulders because it is your head. The heart that beats within you is your heart. Honor that because it is the only thing that you, it's the only place that you live. It's in within. It's within you. And once I read that, it changed my life because there are so many of us who look to outside influences. We look to others and say, "Well, maybe they're right because they're older, or they have more experience, or they went to school." It's really, it really has nothing to do with what you feel inside. True that. I mean, that's that's beautiful, and it's really um, you explained it really well. I mean, I, I believe that definitely. I believe that because if you follow, if you listen to your 
you go in and and pay attention to what's going on on the inside, that voice within you is going to tell you. And it it never fails because it doesn't really lie to you. Um, We are (laughs) are a society who, you know, exposed to the external world and and we feel like, you know, our life determined by what everybody else thinks and what we should be doing and what role we should be taking on. But look at you. You are a very successful young woman who's, Doing really well. Obviously, you know, I wanted to ask you, how is it moving to Florida from from New York? You know, it's totally different culture, I would think, you it, know, especially South South Florida, right? Oh, Is that where you live now? Yes, it has. Um, it's still. It actually, it's still much of a culture shock. When I was living in New York City when September 11th happened, and two weeks later, my old my my manager he asked me to go to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, to handle disaster recovery because unfortunately. Most of our team had passed on, so my coworker and I took the two-week stint to Fort Lauderdale. And the second day that I was here, I met the man who would be my husband. And that would he, be Randy, uh, right? Is that Randy? And that would be Randy. Yes, that would be <laughs> Randy Rosado. He was the IT professional who worked, who set up my computer, and he <laughs> he was able to set up my computer uh, coincidentally right next to his desk. So it was, I guess, for. <laughs> For him as well as me, but um, but then we we hit it off, and two and a half months later, he asked me to marry him. Nice. So, yeah, he he is also from New York, and I think what what meant so much to me is the fact that he his heart was always in New York. He all his family was in New York, his friends, and he really felt the pain of New Yorkers when that happened. So when I was talking to him about my experience, I wasn't talking, I never talked to a stranger. I talked to someone who became my best friend before anything else. Um, And that's how the journey began. That's how I came down here. But my heart and my soul and everything that I am is is a New Yorker. It always always has been and always will be. Well, you know, I consider myself to be a New Yorker and... (laughs) I love New York. I mean, I I like Florida, but I love New York. I love that you know all the different cultures and all the you know. Right. So I I can definitely understand you know how you can feel that cultural shock because uh, um, that's not an easy thing to do. <laughs> no, especially when you leave when you leave from a city that is you know that inhabits over nine million people, and then you move to a city that's about two hundred fifty thousand. You're you're kind of looking around for different cultures. You're looking around for different restaurants and where to shop, and it's kind of like wow. You don't know really know how how close knit New York is, especially the city. Right, right, right. And I, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not I don't live in New York City, but I'm close enough that I, you know, I make sure I go there enough to kind of feel and have a <laughs> sense of culture and right. sense of you know people and you know obviously you know that I'm also. You know, I come from a different background, so to me, this is like I feel like this is home for me. So definitely, I can right. I can understand. Now, let's talk about the book. Why the book? Do you think the book? I mean, I read. Obviously, I haven't been able to put it down. It's 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 a great book, a very empowering. You shared a lot of private, you know, things about yourself and and some of the events that you had gone through, and and I really appreciate you and the book, and of course, Randy you know, who authored the book with you, um, your husband. But why the book? Why did you feel the book was necessary? Well, it was two weeks, actually about, no, three weeks after September 11th, I wrote an article called Will I Recover? 
the article, I submitted, I, I sent it to my old coworkers even back when I was working on Wall Street. I sent it to them, old friends. I said, this is my experience, and I just needed to get it out there. And people, I got such great feedback from it, and it was shared, coincidentally, it was shared throughout the world. I got emails from people in England, people from Indonesia, and I realized, wait a minute, maybe I should start writing articles regularly because I I did not receive any kind of um, therapy for the tragedy. I just used writing for my therapy. And in 2007, when my husband and I were just talking, he said, you know what, we should write a book. And we wanted to write it um, about the story of my survival of September 11th, but other stories that revolved around that day and the journey that he and I both had separately growing up in New York and how we met and how our struggles can help empower people to to pretty much overcome whatever tragedy that they have in their life. And there are so many different types of challenges we all have. But our our story, my story of September 11th, or his story in the book, is no more or less significant than any other people's experiences. Absolutely. It's it's very important that we get that message out there because we we didn't write the book for us. In, in the beginning, I wanted to get my story out there, very private, dark moments in my life. But then when once I found out that it was going to help others, that's when it became a gift to me as well as for them. Well, you know, I love that you dedicated this book to those who follow their dreams and passion without ever giving up or being afraid to achieve their greatness. And I also love what I love about, you know, um, about your book is the fact, you know, because this is something that is really important to me, and I practice it every single day, actually. matter of fact, every morning when I get up, I run through what I'm grateful for. And gratitude is so important to you. Why is this so important to you? Because... There are there are things that I went through before before September 11th. There are things that I could never even I could never even fathom thanking anybody for anything that I've gone through. But once I began to thank the people who hurt me and say, you know what, thank you because I am able to live through this and be able to move on by living in my own present moment, not yours, not the people right. who hurt me, and not the people who have betrayed me. It's the, it's the person within me who says thank you because it enabled me to move forward and embrace every single person who comes into my life. They have every single person that has ever come into my life has had a purpose for me and me had a purpose and myself having a purpose for them. And gratitude is the one thing I cannot see myself ever getting up in the morning and not thanking um, thanking the universe, thanking God, thanking whomever these listeners believe in, just thanking the higher self because mm-hmm. we're still here and we're still looking, we're still living our own purpose. And that's what's beautiful about having gratitude. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I actually had a, a show about gratitude. You know, that's how much I'm I'm a big believer of, you know, of really, you know, being grateful for everything, even the, the, the things that are not so good. I mean, even the tragic event that happened to you, I mean, you know, finding even the good in, in, in the worst situation, in, in a tragic event like this, obviously, you know, you saw that. You saw there was a reason for you to be here, there's a purpose for you. You survived. I mean, I know you talked about how your friend, one dear friend of you, had you know was killed in 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 9/11, and you know you said why why 
that friend, not me, or, you know, so obviously I am here to do something and to do something good. And and that message itself, you know, being grateful for, I mean, it's hard to even, you know, people say, like, how can you be grateful for bad things happening to you? I think, you know, deep inside you, there's a lesson to be learned, right? I mean, there's something, there is a reason for everything that happens. I am really am a true believer. I mean, you know, it, you don't have to go through a tragic event to actually be grateful. But, you know, even if we do go through things of that severe nature, I mean, there is no way to even comprehend what you had gone through, you know, at that day. But I can't even, you know, imagine it. Really, it's, it's, it's hard to even, you know, try to imagine it. But but can you see what I'm talking about? I mean, is it really there is always a good even in the in the worst situation? Found the good even in the worst situation. I mean, you you wrote you rose up and your energy you you have a lot of positive energy and you you felt like you know I need to step up and I need to move forward and I need to use this tragic event to help someone else. Right, and in the beginning when I was thinking that way about well how how do these people get killed and why am I here, there was absolutely no reason why I should feel guilty about the death of other people. There was absolutely no way that I was able to control their life or control their thoughts or control their destiny. And once I did that, I let go of the ego. And the ego, I think, Mm -hmm. is as powerful as we are when it comes to feeling badly about ourselves or feeling badly about things that other people do to us. So in my in the sense of feeling grateful, I think that was a way for me to also move on and not, not forget. Of course, you don't forget, but you also embrace the experience and know the lesson behind it. Yes, that's absolutely um, true. Um, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. I am your host. I would like to introduce my guest again, Michelle Rosado. She, um, Michelle Rosado is the co-author of Pursuing Your Destiny and Follow Your Dream. I wanted to say to Michelle, thank you again for being here. Michelle has overcome many adversity in her life, and she's here to inspire and empower you to step out and, and do something with your life. Follow your passion. Follow your dream. And there is no limit. What do you think, Michelle? Do you believe there is a limit to what we can do as a human being? There are certain, I I believe there are certain limits that people give themselves in terms of getting to where they want to be. One of those limits, I think, is the ego. You, when someone enables the ego to overturn the thoughts that, those great thoughts that you have within you that say, there is absolutely no reason why you can't do this. And you have the, the ability to do exactly what you've always wanted to do. Those, those, limit, those limiting thoughts, I think, are the most detrimental in one's life because you can go years and decades thinking that your ego is your higher self. And meanwhile, it's, it's the thing that always keeps us 
um, keeps us back. But also, I think that, like I, you know, when I said before, that when you look at outside influences, and you listen, and you're conditioned by them to say to yourself, "Well, you, we have, um, we have many, many you know, obstacles that we've gone through," and I think everybody just has that power to do whatever they they want to do in their lives, but. Just limiting yourself is, I think, it's almost like hurting Stop yourself. living. Stop living. Because, Not I living mean, life does happen, and obstacles will always be there. It's how you deal with them, how you find a solution. I think knowledge, you know, acknowledging that they're there. Don't hide behind them. Don't let your ego tell you that you can't do it because, you know, obviously our ego, a, a part of our ego will is there to protect us. But the majority of the time, it's against us. I, I always feel that way. <laughs> right. right. No, I, I agree. Well, we have a caller. We're going to see if, if our caller for has any question or comment, so we're going we're gonna to bring him on the air, okay? Okay, great. Thank All you. Right. Well, my friend, you're on the air. You have a question or comment? Yes, I have a comment. Actually, my name is Bill, and I was born and raised in New York. Hello, and I was in, <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, I live in Orlando, Florida now. Okay. But anyway, I happen to know Michelle. Uh, I had the privilege of meeting her and Randy only once, and I read their book. And uh, I want to say the book is absolutely tremendous. It truly is an inspiration and a gift to all that read it and take the time. I read it in a day and a half, and uh, anybody who knows me, I'm not an avid reader. I'm, I've been a carpenter for 40 years, but I picked this book up. I couldn't stop reading it. And what came to my mind and heart more than anything is that um, I believe in life there are two kinds of people, victors and victims. And Michelle and Randy are certainly victors. And I believe that God Almighty made us to be victors. He never created a failure, never. And they're just a shining example of how you can, in the worst of situations, in the worst of times, you can pull... You know, Michelle is a very meek and tender-hearted person. I, I can see that, you know, and so is Randy. And I, and, I, and I think that that's the biggest thing about them is their meekness because they, they don't have a, a big ego like you were just talking about, but they have a heart-to-share uh, wow. situation that's going to help and bless other people. So I just wanted to thank them so thank much. You. Thank you, Michelle, for your wonderful no. book, and thank you for your program. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for your comment. Thank you for coming on the air. Thank you. We appreciate it. Oh, you're okay. welcome. Okay. God bless thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, that's great. So, uh, do you remember Bell? Have you remember remember meeting him? Yes, oh, yes. We nice. met okay. Randy and I. Randy and I met him um, actually over a month ago, and we were really blessed to have him read our book because he, you know, you never know who you're going to come across, who, what kind of gifts you, you know, you can get from just meeting one person. He shared our book with so many people, and it's just a blessing to to have him in our lives. So that was nice to hear from him. You know, I, I believe life is 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 it's an amazing thing. I mean, I a couple of years ago I've been hosting the show almost two years now, and I was inspired to start hosting the show. I shared that with you off the air, and I didn't think I would be still doing it. Really, honestly, I mean, I, I do it to give back and and to help reach out and stuff. But I meet wonderful people like yourself. I come across people that I would never had come across. You know, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for my show. So I'm really blessed, and I really am grateful to have you on the show. 
and for you to share your your inspiration and, and your energy, your positive energy, it's really it's, it's refreshing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Ria. So yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, I, I I say it from the heart. But you know, let's talk a little bit more about the book. I mean, you know, the the book obviously had touched. You know, Bill mentioned. You know, it it was true inspiration to him, and I'm sure everybody who reads the book. So I do encourage you. Uh, you they can go to your website to to get some. Yes. Okay, to purchase the book, which is, could you tell us what that site is? Sure, there are two ways you can uh, purchase our book. You can actually go on Amazon. And any other ways, you, if you'd like to buy the book, um, it's available wherever books are sold. But the name of the book is Pursuing Your Destiny, and the website is pursuingyourdestiny.com. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and uh, we're very excited to, to have readers and just, you know, talk about their experiences were about reading this book. That's great. So one of the things that I, I, you know, found out about, you know, from your book about, you know, no limits to what we can achieve, and I love that. That's why I was asking you that question, because you said only fear and doubt are our limits. Right. And the fear can come from within, or it can come from the fear of what other people might say about you. The one thing I was always fearful of is having someone not like me. Mm-hmm. And well, however, however they that kind of fear came about, that was toxic in my life because I became a people pleaser. And I know right. a lot of people out, out there are like that. They they don't like conflict. They'd rather be a yes person than a no person. But if we were all just concentrating the most on our own well being, there would be no fear of what other people thought about you, because mm-hmm. the most important person in your life is you. Mm. Without loving yourself and trusting yourself and believing in yourself, how does anybody expect anybody else to believe in them or love them or respect them? Right. Absolutely. That's so true. I mean, because we all, and we all know people like that who just, you know, out to please everybody and, and, uh, you know, saying yes to everything and, and hide behind their feelings and, you know, what they believe and, you know, and they're afraid to share it with the world because they were afraid of rejection, not being accepted. But that's that's really true because I I did, you know, um, appreciate that you you mentioned that. Can you give us a little bit more taste of your book? You know, what can the reader expect, you know, as far as, I mean, we know what is it about, but, you know, can you give us a little bit, maybe if you want to even read a little bit of it, whatever you feel. Sure. I mean, we we talked about our journey, you know, our separate journey growing up in New York and just the trials and tribulations of being teenagers. And the one thing that I share in the book that I was very hesitant and reluctant to talk about, and it's and I think it's because of a lot of people what they went through for the, with this type of thing. But being a victim of domestic abuse is something that I did not want to initially share in the book. Because again, I was I was relying on my ego. I was saying, well, I don't want to share this type of information. How about if my ex boyfriend comes across and reads right. it? What is he going to do to me? I was I was living in still I was living in this fear of, um, uh, it was just fear and doubt that the book was not going to be exactly what I wanted it to be. And I decided I consciously made that decision to share the. It's not graphic testimony, but it's enough that it has enabled people. Who has who have relatives, who has relatives, and some people have read this book and have come up to me after speeches and said, "My daughter is going through this," mm-hmm. and 
I, I'm buying your book because she needs to read this. And I've actually gotten letters, uh, emails from people who have left their domestic partner, you know, domestic abusive partners. And I'm not just talking about women who are being victims of this. Right. Men are being victims of it too. So mm-hmm. I realize the book is a book is a message, and that's really why I chose to talk about that and another um, very personal incident that happened in my life. But it's it was never about us. It was all about what the reader was going to come was going to close the book and say about it. I mean, I didn't want to say it, but I'm glad you pointed out because, I mean, you know, those are personal um, events in our life. You know, sometimes we want to keep them private, but I think you wanted to use them to actually help inspire other people to realize that, you know, there is a different way out there. There is something different you can do. You you don't have to accept what is thrown at you. Um, you know, making that decision to um, to change your life and really start within each one of us. I think that's the key. If we're not willing to, you know, to take the charge and take responsibility, first we need we need to own it. You know, we need to own what is going on in our life. We need to understand and and uh, realize what you know what is it that is going on. We need to change something because I mean, you know, you know from you know having been through domestic abuse or some other you know personal things. Unless you change the way you doing things in your life or how you you uh, um, behave toward them, you will still attract someone else who's going to be abusive to you. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you still, if if someone still has that mindset and they leave that relationship, all they're doing is just moving that pain into another relationship and attracting probably something not as not as bad, but something that can affect their lives for years to come. So the work, the internal work, is needed. I think that's that's the thing. You know, most of us we try to find the easy way out of things, and and we hope like by changing you know, go into a different relationship that things going to change. Right. And you're saying no. It would not, correct? No, yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I could, um, I mean, I could say, you know, a very good friend of mine, she went from one relationship that was physically abusive to another relationship that's mentally abusive until she started loving herself and mm-hmm. and respecting, and, and like I said before, honoring that heart that beats within you and the head on your shoulders what makes you think that you're going to get different results? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's so true because, you know, we always do the same thing. We expect different results. That's not going to happen, you know. Okay, Unfortunately, right. um, you know, it would be nice, right, if that would be the case. You know, <laughs> yes. I can right, change right. my right. shoes, you know, I can walk differently. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you're going to still, you know, yeah. <laughs> if you still buy the same type of shoes, you're not going to be able to walk <laughs> comfortably. I mean, obviously, like I said, the book, I do highly recommend that everybody goes out there and, and and uh, purchase the book and read the book and get inspired by it. And uh, you're also available for for public speaking as well. You do some public speaking. Yes, I do. I, um, I've been just traveling around the country talking to colleges, high school kids, uh, different women's groups, and just people of, you know, of all industries because it's it's great to be able to do what you love and to be able to connect with so many people on much on, – you know, a deeper level, whether it be a, a crowd of 30 or a crowd of 3,000, there's always a connection with at least one person. And that's when you do what you love and you 
earn the money that you deserve. I think that's really where we get our results from, not the money-making, but just feeling that you're valued for doing something right. that you truly love. Because everything else comes in, and, you know, that's one of the things I'm going to take another short break, but when we come back, I'd like to summarize, like, you know, your life since the event of 9-11, how, you know, because we all think it's like we want something to happen instantly, and things don't happen instantly. You know, you got to know what you want and why you want it. How would that change your life? And then you go for it because that's what you did, correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay, we'll talk about it when we get back, so please stay tuned. Thank you. Are you ready to put an end to thinking about how you wish it were and take action? Take this step to find out more by going to coachingbyria.com and you can receive your free consultation session with Coach Rhea. Welcome back, my friends. I am your host, Coach Ria. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. Our today's guest is Michelle Rosado, an amazing woman and co-author of Pursuing Your Destiny, How to Overcome Adversity and Achieve Your Dreams. Michelle chose to move forward in spite of tragic events in her life. She is full of positive energy, and her mission is to radiate this energy to help inspire others and to empower them to step out of you know, whatever position they are so they can do and live the life that they desire. It really is an honor to have her on the show. And, Michelle, thank you again, my friend. Thank you so much. So tell me about your life. Tell me (laughs) about your journey. How long did it take you? I mean, obviously, you are successful now. What's some of the things that you start doing, implementing in your life to become the entrepreneur person that you are right now? Well, I think it really started about a year after September 11th for for me to understand that not only that I was still alive, but there, you know, the inner voice was telling me there is something deeper that you need to be doing and not what you're doing right now. But at the same time, I needed to be grateful because everything that happened before then, even, and, and a lot of people may think that September 11th was a tragedy and not a blessing, but for me, it enabled me to stop looking within the box and look outside the box and meet my husband and fall in love and have and to be an entrepreneur and the re and the way we became entrepreneurs well i mean my husband was always an entrepreneur from the time that he was nineteen, <laughs> so I was always the corporate America girl, but he just he started talking to me about how would you like to do what you love and start you know doing speaking engagements and start writing and See how you can make a career out of it. He's and a positive first, I just, influence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very extremely positive and influence because he was the one person in my life that helped me be accountable mm-hmm. and not be and and not make the excuses that hindered my growth. Because he always said, This is your deal. This is your life. I'm not here to tell you what to do but so then I started looking at different speaking bureaus and um out of out of nowhere. 
CNN contacted me in 2006 and asked if I'd like to share my story and with them. And that was the very first time that I realized this could be something that I'm meant to do. There is wow. no reason why other people can come up to me and ask me to be on the news. Right. Right. And it just the, the amount of exposure that I've gotten is not from me you know, applying for any of it. It's really just being grateful about what I have right now. And I think we said, we were talking about this off the air that the media is not really an outlet for positive stories. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, for for the for media news outlets to talk, you know, to ask me about talking about positive energy is amazing. So I'm just excited to know that there are still people out there who believe in life and believe in moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's amazing, you know. But uh, I mean, uh, you know, one of the things about the media is just, you know, I mean, it's, as good as it is, you know, it's obviously you you get a lot of great information and you can be also, you know, getting too much information that is so negative that tells you how bad things are and, right. and you you know, oh, if you do this, you you know, this could happen to you and all the negativity. <laughs> so I I minimize my exposure actually. To, to the news and to the media because you're still going to get it. You know, if you're on a computer and you're on social media, you're going to know all that information. So it's not like you're going to be ignorant. Um, right. But it's, it's you know, minimizing negativity. I think that's that's the key. You know, I mean, all that energy, the vibrations that, you know, we put out to the world can affect us as well, you know. So, Absolutely. Um, and what we take in. Which take me to some of the, the, the thing about you, which I found it to be really interesting because I, well, no, not just interesting, I love it, actually, is the fact, you know, you um, you are vegan, you know, your husband and, and you, right? And, uh, yeah. um, you know, people judge, you know, so you talk about judgment, you know, how people judgmental and how they can be so cruel about it, but did it used to affect you? I mean, first of all, let me ask you, how, you know, were you always uh, vegan or? No, no. I grew up in a Filipino household, and I think the first, I think the first grown-up food I ever ate was a piece of pork. So for me, and I was 30, I know, I'm sorry, I was 32 when uh, my husband and I decided to become vegetarian. We were vegetarian at first. We started, we gave up everything um, except fish. So we were, I don't know what that's called, but we ate fish. So we're not for the vegan, first eight vegetarian, months. basically, because vegan. We started fish. out. Right. Yeah, we started out, and then in 2007, I approached my husband and I said, "I, I think I want to become full vegan." And he was just so understanding and so great about it. He said, "Whatever you want to do, babe." So well, all of a sudden, nice. there was no dairy, no fish, no meat, nothing, no animal by- byproducts, no white sugar. Uh, just anything that has anything to do with the treatment of animals. And you also said something about which I really like about this fact because, you know, obviously, you know, many people look at vegan being, you know, a little too extreme because I understand vegetarian because most vegetarians will still eat fish or cheese Mm -hmm. or eggs or or something like that. But they, you know, when you are vegan, you basically plant-based, you know, um, food, correct? But what you like about, what I like about what you said here about being different, because I definitely, I'm one of those people who believe 
you know, being different is 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 exciting than being, you know, like everybody else. And you shared that. I love about it because you said being different gives us a chance to share our knowledge with others and receive theirs in return. So you look at it in a really positive way. Not many people see it that way, but can you elaborate a little bit about it? Yeah, I mean, over the years, we still we still get comments, and we we now laugh. At first, we took it personally, but you know, people would say if they're eating with us, I hope. You know, I hope you're going to be okay with the rabbit food. Um, do, are, are there pellets? You know, there are rabbit pellets in your food, and you know things like that. Which, they're, as as funny as they are, people really have no idea um, how ignorant they can be. And what what I love about how my husband thinks about this is the fact that it doesn't matter. They don't have to eat the food that we're eating, and we don't have to eat the food that they're eating. So right. everybody's happy. Right. And being different is okay. I mean, it doesn't mean that you not, I mean, obviously, if you have your family or whatever, you can still probably serve them whatever they like to eat, but doesn't mean, right? Right. Exactly. And I, then that's something that my husband and I already, you know, we, we've talked about. When we do have children, I, I just like to know that they'd be happy with whatever they want. And my mom, you know, my mom passed away um, last year, and before that, she was always saying, how oh thank you but she was saying how could you how could you eat meat how could you not eat meat i mean how do you how do you how can you live <laughs> i just right. have to laugh because it's not ignorance it's just you really don't have the info that's all you know i forgot her name somebody had posted yesterday on facebook and i thought it was so cool um of course everybody knows who she is because she's been on tv and stuff 70 year old vegan lady who looks fabulous yes <laughs> Yes, I've seen. I have, you know what? I forgot that I saw that picture so long ago, and I was going to share it. <laughs> and I just, I don't know, but she's gorgeous. She is gorgeous. I actually, she's, she's older than my mom, and I shared it with my mom. I was like, Mom, you need to take a look at this. <laughs> I said, Look what seventy four year old look like. I'm like, you know. So she's like, Oh my god, is she really seventy four? Are they just trying? You know, it must be the makeup, all the pictures. You know, of course, my mom. You know, and I thought right. it was really. Interesting. But I said, No, I've seen. Actually, I've seen her at different like events, and she was like, most of the time she was without makeup. You know, they get her, you know, um, unannounced kind of like interview. She's shopping or doing some some yeah. stuff, and they, they, you know, they get a quick interview with her. But I thought that was amazing. But, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean people who eat meat. I do eat meat, and, you know, I'm, and, and that, you know, doesn't make me of a less of a, you know, person. Right. But, you know, we are different on our own. That's why we are individual. You know, I mean, right. you know, the word individual comes, you know, we all, there is only one like you. you it's you. You know, there's nothing, right. no one, you can't find anyone else like you, and, and that one makes you different. But, you know, we need right. to appreciate our our um, um, ourselves for who we are and love ourselves for who we are, no matter how different, you know, we are. That's all it is. And and I think just just the fact that you put it out there, I love that. I said, that's really cool because I do love being different <laughs> and I think mm-hmm. I am different and I get criticized <laughs> and, and you talk about judgment you know people judge you you know obviously and 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 how did you handle it did you always handle it well well I think from the, uh, on the outside I always handled handle it well but there was one point where we went Randy Randy and I went to this um Oh, friends of ours invited us to a restaurant, 
and I forgot what the name of it was. We showed up, and it was a steakhouse. And our friends were like, oh, you you eat meat, right? And, it was, and we're like, no, we've only told you like five times, but that's okay. And the one thing he said was, oh, not not if, if we had any problem eating there. He said, no, you know what, let's not go there because if if the smell bothers you, we can go to another place. And I thought that was so considerate because you're thinking about the food, but you're also thinking about the other senses. And I just thought that was very, it was, he was being very aware of what we were thinking and what we were feeling. And I think that's really what changed my mind and my outlook on other people. I wasn't going to be a hypocrite and let right. people judge me and me judge them. It was just it was just an understanding. Well, I mean, it's a human nature. I mean, somehow we tend to do that. And, you know, I, I've learned to catch myself now before I think about, you know, criticizing or making, you know, the, some kind of comment. I, I stop. I mean, I'm more aware of it now, but I didn't always, you know, do that in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to be true to myself. I can't lie about that because, you know, the, you know, part of us being human, we just like, you know, we constantly concern about, you know, what other people are doing, how they're behaving, and you know, and and one of the other things that you also talked about, you know, um, besides, you know, the judgment thing, you talked about success comes, you know, with with discipline, you know, holding yourself accountable. Um, being determined to go through whatever obstacles that comes your way. Can we summarize it because we're wrapping up the show, you know, some of the, the tips that you can, you know, perhaps put out there uh, for people to really take from? Yes. Well, the one thing I'll, I want to say is the fact that success does come from discipline, but it also comes from knowing exactly what you're doing in your present moment, being completely mm -hmm. aware, because there's no way that you can regret anything that you've mm -hmm. done in the past if you know exactly what you're doing right now. Correct. That is true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that I always say. You need to know what you're doing right now before you start doing something different, unless you're not, you know, aware of what you're doing right now. But what are other things that really made you, you know, I mean, obviously, Randy, thank you, Randy. I hope Randy is listening. Thank you, Randy, for well, he was, influencing. He was, <laughs> yeah, he was, he was a wonderful kid, influence. But, you know, she always, you always had it in you, though. You know, he really just kind of um, sort of helped you pave the, you know, he paved a little, you know, path for you that's, as well. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. I always had it in me, but I needed somebody, somebody else, one person who I fell in love with, to tell me, look, you have something here. You know, go for it. Do it. How how great is that, though, when you have that person in your life? So, I, I you know, I'm, I'm sure you are grateful for that, and, and he's grateful for you because he knows, you know, he has a great a great person in his life as well. So, Michelle, you know, again, we're going to tell our listener where to go get the uh, the book. And, uh, um, of course, they can visit your website. They can go to michellerosado.com. And I put that in the chat room, and they can also purchase the book um, on Amazon as well on as doingyourdestiny.com, correct? Yes. Okay. So those are the two places. It is truly is my pleasure to have you on the show, and you are welcome to come back anytime and drop oh, in you. and, you know, say, you know what, I have something okay. new I'd like to share with the, <laughs> with the listener. And so no, that would be wonderful. So I do thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. I had so much fun on your call, and, and I'm really looking forward to the next time we can speak. 
Oh, absolutely. Same here. So you take care, and until next time, be amazing. Great, thanks. All right. Stay amazing because you're already amazing. So stay amazing. Oh, you too. Thank okay. you. All right, my friend. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, my friends, uh, as I mentioned, you know, you can go and get uh, Michelle's book by going either to her website, michellerosado.com, and you can also go to pursuingyourdestiny.com. It's also available on amazon.com. It's been a pleasure speaking with Michelle, and one of the things that I really learned from Michelle, no matter what event, no matter what happened in our life, we can always pick up and get up and move forward because life is really worth living. And I do appreciate her insight, and I do appreciate all the information that she shared with us. And I also wanted to tell you, you know, if you ever have any question or comment or any suggestion, make sure you follow the show, leave me a message, go to my website, www.coachingbyria.com, go to my contact page, and and reach out. You can, again, reach me on Facebook, on, on Twitter. I'm also on Skype, Coach Ria, one word. And stay amazing. You guys are all deserve to be happy. It's your choice. Make your life worth living because you can do it. And until next time, much love to you all. Are you ready to put an end to thinking about how you wish it were and take action? Take this step to find out more by going to coachingbyria.com. And you can receive your free consultation session with Coach Rhea. Everyone in life needs a coach, and I mean everyone. The problem is when I met Rhea Wilkie in the fall of 2008, I would never have agreed with that statement. I thought things were going fine. I had just opened up my own law practice, and I stumbled upon Rhea Wilkie through a mutual friend. I started working with Rhea Wilkie as a way to help me with my professional practice. And what I came to learn is that my professional practice, my opportunities business-wise, was so closely intertwined with my personal life and that making changes in my personal life was the surest, most direct way to enhance my professional life. I had no idea at that time that issues like self-esteem, passion, self-growth, self-development, relationship with people, which seemed like personal issues, were really issues that were driving my professional life. Rhea helped me so greatly get through these personal issues 
And the results were almost astounding and unexpected in my professional life, that once I dealt with personal issues, my professional practice flourished. I'm so grateful for having met Rhea Wilkie. I'm so grateful for her friendship, and I'm very happy that she is bringing her technique on this audio CD, offering it to all those who are interested. Ken Kaplan, 2013. Thank you.